Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Ah! Welcome to part one of a two-part series we're doing on Most Likely to Succeed. We felt there was so much great stuff we couldn't get into one episode, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. I'm Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And I'm Mrs. Schofield. On this week's episode, we're going to talk a lot about a documentary that we both finally had time to sit down and finally watch, which is... Most Likely to Succeed. Now, this has kind of been the basis for a lot of what we've been doing in our classrooms, what we've been creating in our classrooms, the things that kind of get us excited. And all these things spawn from exactly like the trailers. We have, Both of us have not read the book, but we've seen the trailer over and over, and we're like, this is just so amazing. It really is. And I think that that was the thing. Like, we didn't know all of you know the details of the movie, but we knew that this spoke to what we really believe education should be more like. Um, and I think that we definitely have just kind of gleaned from even just their concepts early on, things that we wanted to start incorporating, you know, namely the soft skills. So. Yes. Uh, so we're so excited to talk about this this week, but we got to start off with our, our nailed it, failed it. I think we got to start talking today. It's 114 degrees in Arizona. You told me you had to run to school, and Phil, who's our facilities manager, uh, took down my whiteboard, and I've been working on putting a green screen in my back corner, and then also painting a pull-down screen, making that a green screen, and putting up a Lego wall. And I said, I have to run to Home Depot, and I need to get these things for my classroom. I'm like, do you want to come? And you're like, of course I want to come. Of course I do. I love Home Depot. And then tell us what happened next. Um, well, first, we were hazy on what we should do. Finally settled on some kind of board. Still don't even know the name of it. Um, kind of looks like a white, like a humongous whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. So pretty flimsy. And so we d- got four of those, and weren't positive how that was going to work. We are still not positive about painting it. But I think we've we've narrowed it down about how kind of how to go about that, and then realized that they would not fit in the car, uh, as we kind of thought perhaps they might. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Totally nailed it. So you brought your trusty, um, what are those even called? Uh, Wrenches, sockets, I don't know, tighteners, fasteners. Yeah, they're fasteners. There's a good name for them, but it's going to come to me later. But we strapped that down to the roof. We genuinely thought we had lost them on the way. We didn't. I couldn't feel them. Couldn't feel them. My heart dropped. But they made it. You had a great look of panic on your face. very, very scary. I thought I was single-handedly keeping those on the roof. We got here, and Phil is seriously the man, and they're up, and they're in process. We, we hit a few snags, even still with that, with screw sizes and you know, kind of adhering different things to the wall. But it is a work in progress, and it is so cool to finally see that happen. Yes, and pictures coming soon, and a big part of that is most likely to succeed in all the schools and all the amazing people doing some pretty cool things out there. This has also been a big week for you in a, a pop culture kind of sense. Your girls brought home the World Cup. Did you miss a single minute of the World Cup? No way. That you, was you, awesome. That was like your summer. That, that was, was your summer, summer right there. I am all in on soccer and could not be any prouder of those female athletes really raising awareness and giving voice to some um, inequities there that need to be 
addressed. And so I'm just so proud of them. And just for them to be those role models that they are for all the girls in our nation and you know, across multiple nations, that is huge what they what they did. And I'm just so proud. That's pretty awesome. Uh, in the parade in, in New York City, all the little girls out there, and you think about like, this next wave, like how much they were inspired by the girls in 99, even in uh, Abby Wambach's like, era as well. And it was just so cool to kind of see, like I think it was the state of Virginia who's no, no longer gonna allow like the men to play in that state until there's equal, play, equal pay among the men and women. Snoop Dogg has come out. You're, 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 you're fired up about your boy from your backyard um, coming out and kind of really uh, giving, lending his voice to this cause. And it's kind of crazy when we think about, we talk so much about like equity in STEM, gender equity, change the odds that these girls are paid one-tenth of what the men would be paid if they achieved all those bonuses. Well, and the message that sends to all these girls that just saw them achieve this huge, huge accomplishment, you know, in a whole another part of the world, you know, they worked so hard. They, I mean, they had some crazy good games. Just did amazing. So, what is that kind of message does that send to these young girls that are watching all of that? And so, to really start, and the conversation's been going on, but it really gave them such a good platform. And and they're taking advantage of that and making sure to not, you know, shut that conversation down, which is awesome. I love it. Also, another big week for you. I mean, you had a, an epic week here. Also, hit up the Sean Mendez concert. Give us a, a, a rundown of, of your man, Sean Mendez. I do love Sean Mendez. He puts on a good show. But what I really love is, again, these artists. So I'm, I don't know that I'm really in the demographics for the Sean Mendez fan club. I am a fan. However, <laughs> I noticed there were way younger girls at that concert. But he was so awesome with just showing so much love to his, his crowd, but then taking a moment to really give voice to uh, people's worth and their power and, you know, not giving that away. And, and same with Alicia Cara, who was the opening act, and she really talked about girls and their self-esteem and just knowing your worth. And both those artists, you have a... a an entire stadium filled with young girls. I mean, that was pretty much it. it was me and every young girl. And so that's awesome. You know, they could have totally missed that opportunity. But for me, when, you know, we have such a heart for getting girls to really have that self-confidence. And, you know, that goes right back in with this movie is self-confidence. That's such a huge soft skill. And it's for leadership and just the ability to step out. And you just really need to instill that every single chance you get. So I love that they took that time to do that. And I think the most amazing thing about this concert is that your daughter, who's going to be a sophomore in high school, let you go to the concert with her. Oh, you, you, you got to attend the concert with her and Sidro and Mrs. Englerth, which I think at this point in your life, I know my daughter would not let me go to a concert with her when she's going to be a sophomore in high school. So yeah, I'm very fortunate. Multiple people have said it's not typical, but for me, it is typical, so I forget that I'm extremely fortunate in that department. Yeah, I think that was a pretty uh, special week. There's our, our pop culture twist there. At least someone's staying relevant, uh, relevant in the pop culture mix there. Yeah, and that's a stretch, but <laughs> I was there. I was there. Now, how many songs do you think you actually you actually knew? Uh, I will say, had I heard some of them, a lot of them, I'd heard maybe playing. However, did I know a lot of the words? I would say about a third, which you know could be worse. I like music, so I like a lot of different music. So I do know a lot of artists. However, you know, I could have done better. And 
but the girls, they knew every one of them <laughs> except for one song. Uh, so, you know, something to grow in. Yeah. All right, changing gears, we're going to move into Most Likely to Succeed. Now, what was your biggest takeaway um, from this documentary? I don't even know how you say what your biggest takeaway because it's just so huge. I would say the biggest takeaway is it fit perfectly into our mentality, our you know the way we approach education, what we keep saying from the beginning about what's important, and and we you know we have curriculum and there's things that we're supposed to teach. However, this I think the biggest thing from this documentary is to say those things are super important. However, the big thing that you're really supposed to be helping these kids is to prepare them for life, and the things they need for life are not necessarily those content things. So I, you do a really good job talking about the soft skills, so why don't you pop in there? Yeah, and this is something that since we started our journey in terms of starting a computer science program, a STEM special, you becoming a teacher over the last couple of years, something that we really saw in the first hour of code. Like in that first hour of code, uh, five or six years ago, we saw immediately that technology, education was changing in the sense that these the kids no longer need to recall all this information. It's about how well you work together. So we, a lot of schools do the four C's. I, I'm still true to the, the, the five core soft skills that all the big tech companies are looking for. That I think the most powerful thing when the guy from Google was talking and he said, we don't want those high achievers because those people that score the highest on the test, they can't work well together. They, they can't problem solve. They're not persistent. They're not going to stay with it. So uh, we, in my classroom, I always talk about uh, the th- three C's and the two P's, and those are my, my favorite things in the world. Uh, communication, creativity, collaboration, problem solving, and perseverance. All those things, tech companies, they can't get those out of students. And when our students graduate from eighth grade and go on to high school, either go to Liberty, Sandra Day, Mountain Ridge, we want them to have all those soft skills by the time they get to high school. And I think the most powerful thing in at High Tech High, a lot of these kids are freshmen. I don't know if it's their first day. And he told them, for eight years of your life, eight years of your life, you've sat in rows, you've took notes, you took tests, you turned in assignments, and that was your education. And I think our school, our staff does a great job of embedding all of those things and every core content that these kids, it, they, they're doing it, but they have no clue that they're doing it and we're preparing them and they're having these skills that kids are graduating from college without. Well, that's totally true. And when I, so the first time I watched the documentary, when you and I watched it, and then I sat down and I was blown away. I, I said to you, how can they not know how to do that? How, because I was pretty sure that our eighth grade students, you know, going into ninth grade, would be able to do that. And you said, well, that's, you know, they're you're used to it. But I, I genuinely just had a hard time believing that that would be the case. And so, but you see it, you see it in that happening right there in that moment. And then I watched the documentary a second time with my daughter and I paused it right then and I said, what do you think he's asking those students to do? What do you, you think is happening right here? And then she could say, you know, he, he wants them to set this up. This is what I would do. And I said, and I'm well, going to pause you right there. It's truly amazing that you made your daughter 
sit down and she actually sat down and watched this documentary with you. She really did. And I, she said, please don't make me do this. And I said, I just want you to watch just this one thing. I just want you to give me your feedback on this one part. And that part came and went and she was all in. She really, she ended up watching the whole thing and she really enjoyed it. But she went up and down with her thoughts and her opinions about all kinds of things that she saw. And it was just the best conversation, but I'll save that for later. But she, but she could tell me how to, you know, what the guy was wanting. And I said, well, why do you think that you know that? And she said, oh, I don't know. I just feel like we're used to things like that. And I think that it made me realize that you're right. As a school, our group of educators overall, I feel like we nailed that pretty well. I think we don't always get it perfect, but I do think that that's a common mentality that we're all kind of working together to make these kids um, more than just content driven, but you have the ability to problem solve and think outside the box. I think Mrs. Chesbarrow like did like the most perfect thing, which was talking about the engineering design process and when we were kind of embedding that in all of our STEM classes. And she took each one of those steps and put that into her writing yes. content. And it's just amazing to kind of see, you can walk into any classroom and you're going to say collaboration, you're going to say communication, whether it was Flipgrid, whether it's through like Eclipse video or whether they're talking, presenting from the class. It's truly amazing to see these type of things happen on our campus. Yeah, I mean, and it, they really do. And I think that when we, I think right when this documentary came out was when we presented at a conference about STEM. And we were just starting to talk about that. And we, we talked about robots. We talked about Rubik's Cube at that. And we really started just talking about how important the soft skills were. And that was, was that five? Five years ago. Yeah, five summers ago. And maybe, it was really maybe starting four. to be... Yeah, it might have been. I'm really bad with that. But it was really starting to be a big conversation piece. And it was it kind of challenged us to completely shift. And not that you weren't already doing that, but I think we're just so much more intentional. Yeah, and it gives you a focus as a educator. Like, what do you want to get out of your kids? Like, where do you want to take them? And how are you going to get them to that next level? Uh, checking each and one of those boxes. And it's hard to do within every lesson. But over the course of a project, you'll see all those skills, whether it's a STEM day, whether it's a writing assignment, whether it's a math test, you kind of see all those things kind of uh, flow out of there. The biggest thing for me was even when uh, there was a math teacher who graduated from Berkeley. Um, your father-in-law and mother went to Berkeley, so they're Berkeley alums. Special kind of people go to Berkeley but he was sitting there talking about these soft skills that he went through a traditional education, he learned A, B, and C, he did it this way, uh, like that old model, and the parent was talking to him, was like, yeah, but you got into Berkeley because of those things. And he was like just kind of processing his mind when he was trying to tell her, I got to this Wall Street banker job and I didn't have those soft skills. I didn't have those skills to set me up for life, to be successful in this field, to do, to do this because I lacked those skills. And then she, you know, I thought the doc documentary did a great job showcasing the parent side of everything about those fears. And you talked about like, talk a little bit about what Ella said after she, she saw that in terms of, we'll talk about the teacher from Colorado. Oh, that one was so hard for me because he was trying to be this innovator. He was seeing what's being done other places, even went to visit High Tech High and to get feedback and ideas. And he didn't just want to shove facts down she, he didn't want to give kids disposable 
education. And he wanted stuff that was gonna stick with them, that was gonna really make an impact to make them more marketable later on. And so he shifted the way he was doing things. And, and so he sat down with the documentary people and they, the guy behind the camera asked uh, the kids, what would you rather have? And he said, would you wanna ace the test or would you wanna be more successful in your life? And they said, I wanna ace the test. And the math teacher's face was just so crushed. I mean, shocked, shocked, shocked. But then, you know, they asked more questions. They kind of probed. But really, she, the girl had said, how do we get these jobs if we don't ace these tests? Like, this has to come first, and then you do this. And so I genuinely thought my daughter, because of everything we've exposed her to, all the opportunities that she's had, come to this school and just soared in that kind of soft skill rich environment that I genuinely thought she would kind of have a different approach. And I said, what would you want? And she said, I would want to ace the test. And I was shocked and I said, but don't you want it to be relevant? Don't you want it to be stuff that sticks with you? Because I know I know she does it, I know her peers do it, and I know my students do it, they cram. So if they have to know something, they're gonna cram, they're gonna study it, and then they just dump it. And I want more for the kids. And not only just like knowledge, but life skills. And I want that to be such a priority. And so her first inclination, her first answer was, I would wanna just ace the test. And that was pretty tough to hear. You totally had the same look of the of the teacher in Colorado when his students said that. Like, yeah, I was pretty disheartened. I was shocked. I was shocked. You think that you know what the kids want, but when we talked about this, what did you say? You said about the knowing they don't they don't know what they don't know or something like that, and it's true. And then you like even twisted it even more, saying like we don't know if this model works in the long run. When you talk about that, even like high tech high, that need came from. Oracle, like Oracle's based in San Diego, and they didn't, they couldn't get people to graduate college to have these skills to solve those problems, right. to persevere, to get over these humps, and so this whole thing came from this. And still, we we don't know what in the long run, like if this is going to be better. And then talk about how Ella said she liked the blend and how how much she was not a fan of like the the freedom she oh. likes the structure yeah so when they talked about the we should stuff, have just had ella on i, I mean sorry we're like paraphrasing a lot for this so. but when i showed her as they're watching and they're describing high tech high when they first introduce it they're saying no separated content levels no bells that tell you when the next subject goes it's all pretty much just kind of intermixed it's very free flow kind of more organic and then i was even you know in there i was highlighting for her see the, the those are both ninth grade groups but one is going to demonstrate their understanding in this way and this one's going to so one's going to do a play one's going to do this gear thing and that was really unsettling for her and i said wouldn't it be so cool if you're not dictated by like your bells and then you pack it up and then it's the next subject and it's just like you just get into the meat of it and she said i like the routine i like the structure i like the routine i like to know that things are separate it makes me feel comfortable well why though are they comfortable it's because that's what they know so yeah they want to they they're going to choose that they're going to choose it because we've trained them even at our school which is super progressive it's still typically you have a reading block when they're little and then you go to writing and then you go to your math block they still you know travel that. in those packs yeah. you know like you're you're all together within that one group and so it's comfortable it's familiar you know but then when the whole thing was over and i said i'm just struggling with 
your answers on some of these things. You know, do you really want that? Would you really want that better? And I said, you don't even know if you're going to be marketable. Like, yeah, you could get into a good college, but what they're saying is these people, there's they're still they graduate and there's no jobs like no one wants to hire them so who cares if you get into college if you're not marketable so you know it's one of those things and i said and plus wouldn't you want to be in a job that you love that you're good at that you have these skills that just really let you go anywhere and she said yeah i guess that really i don't want one way i don't want the old way i don't know that i would be comfortable in that new way i think i would want like a perfect blend of both and maybe that's the goal. And, and High Tech High said they don't know if it's going to be successful overall. They think it will, but it would take 10 to 15 years. And that we what was the four-year, like, is that when it came out four years ago? Yeah. So still a lot of years before it could come out. However, you know, like, they have a high rate of uh, college acceptance. It's like 98%. And then you have them scoring 10% over the state average on testing. You know, is it better? I don't know. I mean, it's hard. That's hard to say. Yeah. And I think the thing that was most powerful for me was when they went to Phillips Academy and they had students who pretty much aced the science final or the science test. I think the average overall was a B, you know, and these students were taught to ace this test. You know, they crammed, they had these skills. And three months later, it's not like six months, it's not a year later, it's three months later, they were given the same exact test things that they have mastered, have these skills, they're prepared to do, and then the overall average was an F, you know? So it's like all this information is crammed and it's dumped like within three months, like you no longer have those skills. And I thought that was like the most powerful thing that I saw, I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that. This is like what we're still doing to our students that when I get them to a point and then, then when they get out in the real world, they're not gonna be able to know what to do with that knowledge, that content, even the teacher in Colorado, like it was, it was, I think it was more powerful for me as a teacher and a parent to see that it was the highest students that really struggled with this, you know, that they found this new change of education was not what they wanted. Like they did not want like to have those skills for life. They, they just wanted to ace the test and like get onto that next phase in their life and be like, this is the safe route. Like you do very well in high school, you go to a good college, you get a good job. But on the flip side of that, the mother, I love the mother of um, the ninth grader. Samantha. Yeah, yeah. Her mother was awesome in terms her. of, you know, weird. yeah. And I thought it was, like, great how the teachers, you know, like, when they were like, maybe we cover 40% of the standards. I was like, oh, my goodness, that would be insane. Like, you know, what would your evaluation be like if you covered 40% of the standards? Or maybe we get to 60%. It was like, we don't know. And I was like, imagine just having that freedom, which is a big thing of, like, high-tech high. All these teachers are a one-year contract but the mother she said something's happening here you know she's like something exciting's happening here she's talking to me about my about her day the things she's doing I don't understand it but what I am seeing is some of my friends who are in their 30s and 40s are living with their parents working for their parents store uh, their stores and they went to good schools they were architecture they went to law school they did all these cool things and because they didn't have these skills either it could be the market could be jobs dried up could could be a lot of things and she understood that she wanted to give her daughter more well the other thing about that how you were saying maybe they get to 40 percent of the content maybe 60 what was interesting and later on that they talk about is yeah we may not get to all that content and other schools may get through all of it however if you can't retain it 
then really how did you benefit? Because we have such depth of knowledge in what we do cover that those kids leave and there's no doubt that they retain that. So if they're gonna dump it, if they're gonna kind of lose it anyway, then how is that more beneficial because they were loosely, lightly exposed to it? It's just such an interesting way to look at it and kids learn by doing. Like they learn by doing. I mean, that's what your whole class is with the whole maker space. The stuff that they will discover when they create is totally different. You know, that is 100%. I completely agree that it's an exciting time for education. There's so much going on in terms of the way schools are going. But for me and you, like just being progressive, that's who we are. We love learning all these cool things. Even today I was talking to a parent and she's like, how do you learn all this stuff? Is it from PD? Is it the schools giving you these things? And it's really just us excited about these opportunities for our students, want to bring back to our classroom. We YouTube a lot. We find things on Twitter, Twitter. we research them, and we kind of see, we get inspired by other teachers, how they're using these things, and we're like, oh, let's try to do this in our classroom. And it, But it's, the hard thing for us, too, is that even in our own district, that there's two schools that might make this shift to a traditional, mm -hmm. uh, traditional schools, because that's what parents know. It's not the Common Core math. It's not a different way of learning. It's not a different way of doing things, and that's comfortable. And that will give these parents a sense of, this is how I did it. This is how I went to college. This is how I got good grades. I did read and write and arithmetic at these set times, and I had this much homework every night. And now I have, I like the part in the documentary where you have a very, uh, you, you have this what, average, average it was, yeah. Like, yeah it was a good enough or average average life average job well and I really think that that's the big thing because that's pretty much the cutoff is the parents that now that system doesn't necessarily work because that worked when we were filling a certain set of jobs but now that even you know Amazon everything is becoming automated there's all kinds of things you have to be able to diversify yeah and, you have to and learn new skills yeah and all these jobs that are going to be required anything that uh, requires like mundane, like repeating tasks are going to be replaced by robots. We're in a day and age where there could be 20 million jobs replaced just by robots. Even truckers, they were blown away. I saw this documentary where this truck could do all the things that they could do, and they they couldn't believe it because all of a sudden, if like you're not, if you don't have these soft skills, you're not going to be able to get in the workforce and be an asset and give back. And I've seen so many things on Twitter that's popped up where a guy just coded and automated his job and he can just go there and sit there and collect a check because he's, he did it to himself. Like he, he basically outsmarted himself by doing this and all those jobs are going to be gone. And we're already seeing it. I'd love to go tour an Amazon warehouse and they, they give Me those too. tours just to kind of see those robots. Yeah. We were so excited just seeing Scout. Scout. I mean, you just think about like, you know, if drones and Scout deliveries, you think of like all those jobs could be eliminated just from Amazon. They will. They will be eliminated and that's what they really are addressing. It's I know that the other thing is familiar and I know this is uncharted territory. However, the tides are turning. You have to be able to change and make yourself relevant. And I think that that's the big thing that they talk about. Yeah, and I think we're going to stop it right there for part one. Tune in next week for part two as we kind of take a look more in depth to this documentary, what it's meant to us, and how education is changing because of this. If you're like us and you can't get enough of the Nailed It wall, follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And me at a positive pro.